<laughs> so welcome back to the size up this is going to be episode four um and things are a little different i guess in life these days right everybody's life is definitely different right now as we're dealing with COVID-19, the, the, the global pandemic. And uh, if, you're, if we have the video of this up yet, we're, we're, we're doing something different now. So I'm doing this on Zoom. Um, I am not at the National Fire Radio Studios. I am in my office. Uh, you can kind of see I have some cool fire memorabilia and 555 stuff behind me. Also a, a Cobra Commander uh, for President picture on the wall because I thought it was cool. Um, but we're trying this with Zoom. So it's gonna be a little different. The audio quality may be a little different. And one of the things when we started the size up was we always wanted to do live interviews with our guests, but right now we can't do that. So uh, we took a few weeks with National Fire Radio off uh, just to kind of readjust. You know, this has definitely been a stressful few weeks for everyone. Um, you guys know that, that I'm a career firefighter. Um, you know, work is obviously very different than it was a month ago or so. Um, most people don't know that my wife works in healthcare. She is a physician assistant. Um, and, and she is going to work every day and, and, and on the front lines even more than I am. You know, to, to see her donning PPE now uh, when it's normally me that she sees doing that, it's just been an interesting thing. So uh, life has been interesting. You know, the size of social media, I had plans for that. That's not really working well yet, but I'm starting to get back in a groove. Um, I have the boys home, the mini pips, I'm, I'm uh, homeschooling. You can check out hashtag professor, professor Pip to see my daily lessons that are going on. It, it's very interesting to do it. Um, and we're going to get through this together. Uh, what I do think is kind of cool, though, is if this Zoom thing does work out, um, I have people that we wanted to interview for the size up uh, internationally even. Um, and now instead of waiting for them to come to New Jersey, we can do it this way. So hopefully we'll be able to crank out some more episodes um, and, and, and get this thing rolling, you know. Um, as always, if you guys have ideas for uh, episodes or guests or anybody, feel free to send them to us. Uh, you can message us on Instagram. It's probably the best way to do it um, and, and get them in that way because I can do this from my house. Hopefully it works. We'll see. Um, so we just put out episode three with Amy Freeze. And in that episode, she spoke about this awesome dude um, who ran around Central Park a boatload of times to raise money for charity. And we're going to talk a lot about that today with my guest, Eric Gelber. So Eric, welcome to The Size Up. Up, yep. Thanks for having going? me. Ah, no worries. Now, a little thing that was not, well, was unknown to anyone else but myself and Eric. Today, we were actually supposed to record live in the studio in Jersey. Um, and when we initially set this up, Eric said that he had Pearl Jam tickets for the night before in Baltimore he was trying to get, which is now canceled. So unfortunately, you couldn't see Pearl Jam, but you get to see me today. So... That still works, right? Second best. I, I don't, uh, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm surprised Pearl Jam isn't doing a concert though. You know, I watched, uh, we watched Dropkick Murphys the other night. Yeah. And now Metallica's out every Monday. I see Bare Naked Ladies is doing something every day. So hopefully Pearl Jam will jump in. I was hoping they would do something. They've been, um, uh, Eddie's wife, Jill, has been promoting this uh, band. I think they're called the Black Circles. And they yeah, keep, man. they're a Pearl Jam cover band. They're pretty okay. good, actually. And they've been doing, um, like, Instagram live concerts. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to see Pearl Jam do something. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool. But the, I'll have to check them out, the Black Circles. I'm going to write that one down. So I'm always, it's cool when a band is promoting their cover band. Their cover band. You know, <laughs> right? Like they got to be pretty good then to, uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, pretty good. So Awesome, man. So... For the listeners who may not know anything about you, you know, aside from what I just said there, let's give us a little background on you, Eric. Um, background. So, I mean, generally, I, I'm a father. I'm a uh, uh, husband. I have three kids and uh, two in college. And then I've got a, a fourth grade daughter. Oh, so you're, you're homeschooling too then, aren't you? Uh, we are. Uh, she's actually been pretty good, though. She's been uh, really self-sufficient with that. Um, she gets up, she runs, it's the first thing she does. She gets up, she runs right to her computer, you know, sees if her, her coursework has been, you know, uh, distributed yet. She just wants to get it, get it done. And, you know, and then whatever, do whatever. My, my fourth grader is the same way. My, my yeah. first grader, not so much. <laughs> it's more like my, my fourth grader when it comes to school is more like his mother. My first grader when it comes to school is more like his father. And it's okay. like, 
Yes, I, 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 I have one like me. <laughs> and I have two. <laughs> so are your boys home from college then, I guess? They're home from college. So I had one, uh, one at Lehigh and one at Delaware. Uh, they both came home, I guess it's two weeks ago today. Um, and yeah, so they're, uh, uh, Jared started his coursework uh, like a week and a half ago. And uh, Kyle starts his uh, Monday. It's rough. It's, a, it's yeah. a whole new world here for that. So. It's a whole new world. I obviously I feel terrible for them. I mean, and all the all the college students, right? I mean, just not to be. You know, imagine it's your freshman year, your senior year, especially. Yep. Right? And now you're back home class. with your parents. The the guy who lives across the street from me has three daughters all in college, and he was so excited because he had the house to himself this year. And I saw him the other day, and I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "There's too many girls in my house, man. I gotta go." Yeah, yeah. No, this is whatever. It's none of us have ever seen anything like it, and hopefully we never do again. But we'll all get through it. You know, we just gotta whatever. Just, that's it, man. We just gotta adapt, right? So. That's that's <laughs> it, right? And, and and even go ahead. So tell us a little bit more about yourself before we really get into this, because then I won't know anything except yeah, you know so, you're a dude uh, and you have a family. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and the the you know the reason that you and I uh, were introduced. Um, was through the story that Amy was telling you on your last uh, podcast. And uh, so I started to uh, run back in uh, 2006 to train for the 2007 uh, New York City Marathon. And I was doing that to raise a few dollars for the Multiple, Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation. And that was in support of a family friend of ours who had this uh, rare blood cancer called Multiple Myeloma, uh, which has no cure. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to do something to, to support her. So I ran the New York city marathon we raised a few thousand dollars. And, uh, when I was done, I gave her the medal, uh, from that run. And she used to tell me she would wear it in her chemo treatments awesome. and, you know, tell me how much it means. And she's like, when I, she would tell me that when I run, she could feel the medicine going right into her veins stuff like that. So when I knew how much all of this meant to her, I'm like, all right, I'm going to just keep running and see if I can raise a little more the next year. Um, I'll fast forward a bit because it was ended up being over 10 years of, of running. That's a lot of running. It's a lot, a lot of running. Um, I got into ultra marathons and what I learned very quickly is, you know, the harder I was willing to work and the more, you know, the further I ran in different events, the more money people seem to get. So I decided to start coming up with some solo ideas. And uh, I had applied to Badwater back in uh, 2011. Uh, I did not get in, uh, sorry, 2000, I'm blanking on my, yeah, 2011. Um, and I didn't get in. So I decided to run uh, from my friend's house in Oneonta. Uh, I don't know if you know where that is, upstate, upstate. New York. Yep. And, and end up at my parents' house in Suffern, New York. So that was 155 miles. Oof. When I got to the end of that run, there were probably 50 or 60 people at my parents' house cheering me on. There was a local reporter. We had really raised probably like 35 grand or something like that. And, you know, I was talking to my wife after. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I literally just ran through the middle of nowhere. Like, other than my crew that was with us. It's literally see, in the middle of nowhere. Literally. I mean, just through the Catskills. We didn't see anybody. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. But we still raised, you know, 35 grand. Uh, there was a reporter. I'm like, what if we come up with an idea where we're doing this, like, in a really central place that's heavily populated? And that's when the idea for the Central Park run came about. Um, it took us two years uh, to plan it. I did run Badwater the following year um, in 2012. And then uh, two, 2013 was our first year running uh, this event, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's just me running, um, you know. For, well, there, you had some other people there. Uh, no, there, yes, but I'm the only one running. <laughs> that much, yeah. yeah. So, so how far is Badwater? Uh, Badwater is 135 miles. And that's through the Mojave Desert, right? Yeah, it's in Death Valley and it's in July. So it's the hottest place on earth during the hottest time of the year. Oh, and yeah. you know, temperatures, I think the record there is, it's over 130 degrees. Um, the hottest it ever got when I uh, ran the race was about 115, which is, I mean, it's, it's, still, <laughs> it's 115. I just run 135 miles, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hot, man. And um, 
you know, the, the heat radiating off the pavement is like 180 or something. Oh my God. Um, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's real climbs. The climbs are just torturously long. Um, but it, it's whatever. It's a, it's a special, special race. <laughs> it, re it really is. And I think there's a few documentaries out about that as well. People doing bad water that I've seen, or at least stuff on YouTube for sure. Yeah, the first, when I first got interested in the movie or in the, uh, that race, I had seen Running on the Sun. Okay, uh, yeah. So, and I think that was one of, if not the original documentary. It's, it's way back, but um, I was like, oh, this Plenty is- time now to watch it. <laughs> at the time, like my goal- when I first started running, my goal was to uh, qualify for the Boston Marathon. And then I got into ultras. And my goal was to qualify and get in through the lottery to Western States. And then, okay. I, and then I saw running on the sun. I'm like, no, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I need to do this. That's way sure. worse than any of those other things. So prior to 2006, what, were you an athlete? Were you in shape? Did you just decide to start running a 5K one day? Like, and it turned into this or? So um, I guess I was always athletic growing up. Um, played some sports in high school, some baseball, some hockey, but I was never very good at anything. But I like to, you know, run around and play sports and, you know, like that. But uh, in 2000, oh, by the way, so... I did. I started smoking cigarettes when I was 14 years old, and so Kids don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's not smart. And my daughter always reminds me how stupid I was. She's <laughs> good for her. Yeah, it's great. It's fine. But um, so by the time I was an adult, I was a two pack a day uh, smoker. I mean, I could barely, you know, walk up a flight of stairs without getting out of breath. I mean, I was still young, so I, you know, I go out and play softball and whatever, but. Um, when my, uh, when my first son was born a couple months before he was born, I was the first time I tried to quit. Um, and that was in 99. It took me until 2006 to finally, quit. To finally actually quit. Um, but, uh, anyway, so the, the, the answer to your question is, I mean, I was doing things that weren't, that were contradictory to being athletic while still trying to get out there and do some of these things. So 2001, um, I ran a marathon, ran New York. Uh, and that was basically a, a drunken conversation with a friend. It was probably two o'clock in the morning. We were drinking scotch. And uh, way to start. yeah, and he told me that he had signed up for the marathon. I was like, you can't do that without me. <laughs> I can so, do that. It's only 26 miles. That's it. And, and I had never run, you know, more than a few miles yep. um, in my life. So anyway, I signed up for that, ran that um, in, in 2001. And then uh, after that, didn't do much for a couple of years. Uh, I got divorced uh, a couple of years after that. I actually, no, actually it was a year after that. And uh, so kind of things in my life just were a little chaotic. Yep. Um, but when things started to kind of come around again, uh, I started doing some adventure races with a, my cousin. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of these things, but essentially they were kind of like Spartan races okay. many years ago. And they were, uh, they were set up kind of like a triathlon. So there were three main, uh, disciplines, if you will, there was, and these are all off road. So the running was trail running. The biking was mountain biking. And instead of swimming, they did kayaking. Oh, okay. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> and then in between each event, they had what they called special tests. Kind of like in Spartan where you have these things to do. So okay. it could be a mental test where you had to do a puzzle. Uh, or it could be a physical test, whatever. Climbing over some wall or some obstacle course or, you know, shoot yeah. a it's, it's like the birth of Spartan. It was a balance bar sponsored uh, event. They were a ton of fun. Um, so I did, I did a bunch of, a bunch of those things. Um, but I was never really serious about any of this until I started running in, in 06. And that's when it just really got crazy. That's oh, awesome. I mean, it's, it's, I've heard the story a lot talking to a lot of different runners and things like that. Like once the bug bites you, you're in, you know, and I did distance running. Ew. I don't even know how many years I ran, maybe eight 
or nine years, you know, where I was just running. You know, I was doing other stuff, but I was really running um, all the time. Uh, yeah. But never anything more than 26.2. Okay. <laughs> hey, all you got to do is, like, run a few more steps and you're <laughs> No, no, I, I didn't want to run a few more steps after that. I didn't want to. So I did the Disney marathon and it snowed. And oh. my wife found me, like, in the family meetup area, like, huddled next to a pole with the Mylar thing around me, shivering. Easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister was with her. My sister was so afraid. Like, my sister is, a, is an educator, so, like, nothing to do with emergency services, medicine. You know, my wife looked at me and knew I was in bad shape, but not horrible. But, like, my, I just remember the fear of my, like, in my sister's eyes and panic of, like, is he going to be able to get up? Like, how are we going to get him back to the hotel after this? Because it was just so, it was, like, 19 degrees when we started in Orlando. And I think it got up to, like, 22 that's cool. I was horrible. Like, and even I didn't have the right gear, but even if I had the right gear, it didn't matter, man. Once my mind was gone at like mile 18, I was done. Um, yeah. When you lose your mind, it's really hard to, to uh, stay committed, you know? Yeah. And that's a huge part of it. You know, I did, I did a, a triathlon too, and the swim just ate me alive. And uh, I don't remember like the first two or three miles on the bike. Like, cause my mind was just gone. So gone. Yeah. And I think when we think about an endurance athlete, like what you've done, like how much of that do you think is mental over physical, like 50, 50 or. It, to me, it's once you have the physical part down, I think a lot of it, it depends on your experience level too. You know? okay. And when we get into the story a little bit more, you'll know what I'm talking about. Cause when I, when I first started, uh, running. I mean, I was so committed and focused on my training program that like I didn't every day took it off day. I did exactly what I was scheduled to do. Right. And the way I was supposed to do it. And I mean, you have bad days and good days, but yeah. I wasn't going to miss any mileage at all. Wow. Your coach's and, dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I didn't have any coaches on that. <laughs> um, you know, I would just pull programs. I'd read books, yep. um, watch, you know, watch movies um, and talk to other runners and just learn that way about everything, you know, nutrition while running, um, training programs, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I forget what the hell I was saying. Um, I be <laughs> it happens some, sometimes. I got it. Um, yeah, just, you know, but as I, as I gain more experience, um, and when I started doing the solo runs in particular, I, I cared less about time. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't racing. I wasn't trying to do anything except for raise money and, and just go for a really long time. Yep. It didn't matter what pace I was going at. Um, but I, uh, you know, I realized that I don't have to beat the shit out of myself like as much as I was, you know, at the peak, I'd be running 90 miles a week, which, for an, for an ultra runner, that's not a lot. No, but for a normal person, that's... <laughs> for, yeah, for me, it's a lot. You know, and that would, you know, every Saturday and Sunday, I would be out there running for six hours each day. Oh, right? So I'd put in, you know, whatever, 70 miles on a weekend. Yep. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just brutal. And over the years, it just really beat me up. So I started to scale it back um, and still committed but I became more confident in my mind and I knew I'm still going to be in really good shape, but I don't have to beat myself up like that. So I would do, I would still work out for six hours on a Saturday and a Sunday, but I would go and run 20 miles, not 35. Yep. Right. So, or 15. And then I go to the gym for a couple hours and get on the stairs or ride a bike or take an endurance class or, you know, just do whatever, just do other things. Yeah, I think I think it's what we're seeing now, and, and I see you doing it on your Instagram page, and we'll definitely we'll definitely get into that end after the story. But you know, where people get these ideas in their head about fitness or about running or about anything that it has to be this. Uh, if you're not going to run a marathon, why run? Well, that that's not the best way to think about something like that. You know, go run because if you can get outside for a mile or two a day, it's better than not. You know what I mean? Like I, I tell people all the time, if you have a set of stairs, you can do the best workout in the world with one staircase. You, know, right. you don't need anything else. Um, and now with 
with global gyms being closed, or I shouldn't even say global gyms, all gyms being shut down nationwide. I mean, everyone is working out at home and they're starting to, to realize that do enough burpees in a day and you're going to get in really good shape and it's going to suck. <laughs> um, so, so we'll definitely, we'll get into your IG. Let's, let's, let's stay on top. I want to try to stay on topic and talk about the documentary first and then we can get into all our other things. But so then, so you decided to do this in Central Park because Central Place, better place to raise money. Um, yep. So what was the plan for this? Cause... So the, the first year, um, the idea was 48 hours in Central Park. And my goal was to run 200 miles in that 48 hours. But of course, more than that, I mean, this is a fundraiser. So what I was really hoping is that we get picked up by some news channel, right, that would hear about this. And that would, then it would just blow up and people would come out and run with me and donate and all that stuff. And I, I try to remember what our goal was that year. I, I want to say it was a hundred grand uh, is what we wanted to raise. Um, and I think the most we had ever raised in a year before that was like 40. Um, so at, but that's just, which is still good I numbers. Am. Like I'm in the not-for-profit world. Listen, your numbers no, are, no, I, are huge. And I get that. And I don't mean to like yeah, yeah. downplay it at all. I mean, for anyone to go out, you know, and raise $5,000 or a thousand, like people don't realize how hard it is to raise money and I get a lot of um you know text messages or you know private messages whatever on Facebook and stuff like that people track me down and they want to know how to you know yeah. how do you raise all that money I'd like to know if you, if you have that you can private message me I for magic, uh, you know, <laughs> I just need to get a guy to run around Central Park a boatload of times yeah, well a lot of times too you know it might be somebody who's lives in a place that's not as you know populated as New York. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't have these big corporations. You know, these I get a lot of, you know, donations from, you know, very wealthy individuals, right, who are in my business community and where the real estate community in New York is extremely generous. Um, and then I do have a couple of corporate sponsors. So um, that have, you know, picked up on this and they partic participated in the film and all of that stuff. So um, you, you got to get, I mean, you got to work hard, but you got to get a little, little lucky too. Yeah, I was definitely, listen, uh, so, so 555 is in its sixth year. Uh, and when we started it, we, we still know nothing about running a not-for-profit. You know what I mean? We're all firefighters that just want to make people healthier. And you learn things about the not-for-profit world where, you know, if you're going to donate money, someone's going to pick me or you. So I have to set myself apart from you or you have to set yourself apart from me, you know, you need to give them something back for what they gave to you, you know, in some way, shape or form. Um, and for you, you know, you, you partnered with one specific charity. And I think that's an awesome thing. You see people jumping around and things like that. But I think that knowing where your money came from or was going to after they donated to you, and you had a very specific story that went along with it. And that helps as well. So it definitely resonates, you know, and, and look, a lot of my friends are involved with charities and they do it in different ways. But all these guys have always said to me, they're like, Eric, the amount, you don't understand, right? The amount of time, like what you do is, is like way beyond what I do. And these are guys that do stuff for really big charities. Yeah. They donate lots of money. They're like, but I just write a check. It's just that. You know, you're like, it's like another job. Yep. You know, so That's... anyway, so I think when people see that kind of effort, you know, they, they want to help you in some way. No, that's awesome. Listen, if I knew about it at the time, I would have been out there running with you because that's just <laughs> what I would have done. You know? not, not doing it again. So. Not doing it. Damn. <laughs> sure <laughs> not for it's firefighter, true. not for profit, fitness, <laughs> running. <laughs> but, um, so, so the first year. Yep. So 48 hours in the park, 200 miles. Um, and it was funny. I remember... Uh, the first uh, loop we are and remember the goal we're like we got to get media we had sent everything we had a PR agency like we did all the right things to try to get the attention yep. and everyone's like yeah we don't know if we're gonna have coverage and it depends if there's like a, some big event going on no one's coming out to see this idiot run around in circles right yep. so um, we're on the first loop we are about to go up Harlem Hill and uh, this woman who, uh, she was with the MRF, she's not anymore, but uh, Alicia, her phone rings, right? And she looks, she's like, I don't know that number. And I'm like, 
what's the area code? She's like, it's a two one two. Like maybe it's ABC. <laughs> I don't know. Cause yeah. I, I never answer my phone. When I don't know the number either. Sure. But sure enough, she answers the phone and it's ABC. <laughs> and they're like, we're sending out Amy freeze uh, <laughs> you know, to cover what you're doing. That's awesome. And so that's That's how we met. And uh, that was huge for us. Um, so, you know, first year we got the coverage we wanted. Um, Mary Wittenberg ended up coming out uh, to, um, to the park. And, you know, I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember the story now. Oh, so when she left, right? So Mary Wittenberg comes out, we were setting up. She's like, what is let, let some folks know who she is, who may oh, not so know. Mary, Mary Wittenberg was the president uh, and I think CEO of the New York Roadrunners. Um, and they put on the marathon pretty much. And yes, New York Roadrunners do, yes. do the marathon. So. Among many, many other yes. events in the city. Um, so she came out when we were setting up and she's like, what, what's going on here? And why don't I know about it? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and, and, and I had already... I was already running. And so they told her what was going on. She said, that's incredible. She came out later to, uh, uh, to meet me and, and chat. And she was on her uh, elliptigo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alongside us for a little while. Anyway, later that night, um, this guy shows up in the park and he's like, excuse me, are you Eric Gelber? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, my name's uh, John Ledger, not legend. Ledger. <laughs> um, and I'm the president and CEO of T-Mobile. And wow. I just wanted to come out. And, and so he was on the board or used to be on the board of the New York Roadrunners. Mary had called him like, you got to come see what this guy's doing. And uh, he ended up, uh, and he said, I just wanted to come out and shake your hand and let you know that I'm going to donate $5,000. That's awesome. That's it. So those are the kind of things, you know, and he became a friend and big supporter of our runs over the years. And, um, you know, so things like that, you know, that's, a, that's what gets you going and that's what gets you to keep running. You know what I mean? Like that, that had to be just a spiritual boost for you as well, aside from the, yeah. the, the monetary boost. Yeah. What became even, you know, bigger is when he showed up in the middle of the night, uh, it was pouring rain and uh he showed up in a uh, pedicab and uh, he came out to, to let us know you know we had raised about eighty thousand dollars at that point um including uh his five and he said i just want you to know i want you to reach your goal and uh whatever you're short when you're done running i will write the check that's awesome so we raised like another five grand or something through the, through the rest of the run, but he ended up, he actually donated 20 grand that year. Uh, we ended up, and then even after that, more money started coming in and, but uh, I, but I did not. So we were very successful in the, in the fundraising aspect. Um, but I did not finish the 200 miles. How so, far did you get that year? Uh, about 165. Okay. So I think it was 27 loops. Um, and you know, for me, even though we raised all this money and I was very proud of that, I still felt like I had failed because that's just the way I, I set a goal. Yeah, I got you. I had a goal and it didn't happen. Yep. Um, so, you know, I was immediately thinking about the next year. You know, <laughs> Let's go again. Yeah. I mean, there was no question. What time of year is this? You do it in the fall? You did it? It was in September. Okay. Yeah, we did it like, uh, you know, middle of September. Um, you know, my feeling, I mean, there was still a risk it could be hot, but it probably wouldn't be too cold. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. So, you know, we got, we got relatively lucky, except every single year it rained at night. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's just, and that's when it's cold and raining and especially at night, cause I really slow down in the wee hours of the morning and I walk a lot. Yep. I get kind of delirious. So it gets pretty cold when you're not moving at a, you know, running pace you just want the sun to come back out like where is the oh, sun? Well, it's just the sun <laughs> i did a uh i did a go ruck in manhattan uh, oh, for 9 11 wow. and uh, it was a great time but we were in central park and watched the sunrise and i just remember that sun coming up and i'm like oh my god it's the, the best sunrise ever as i'm like stinky muddy disgusting with all these people but so the sun coming up had to be a big deal 
Yeah, the sun is, uh, it's amazing, you know. <clears throat> as soon as that light comes, it just, and I, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I, or scientist, but I assume there's some chemical something, right? When, when it gets dark, and especially when it got later into, like, I literally just wanted to fall asleep on my feet, you know, just yep. so tired. I'm like, I just feel like I got to sleep. And, but when the sun comes up, didn't matter how tired I was five minutes before. And not like I'm not exhausted, but I'm like, yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden I feel better. I think it's something that I learned to appreciate as a runner is you run for the sun. Like if there's shade on one side, unless it's, you know, 105 degrees in water type thing. But, you know, like when you're out in, in those fall runs or the winter runs, like if you can get sun on you, you can keep going. You know, it's a big yeah. booster for yourself. Yep, for sure. So that was year one. You didn't make it. So now year two comes. Year two. And, um, you know, we didn't really change our strategy. Um, I uh, didn't change nutrition. I didn't change a whole lot. Um, uh, The only thing I did change is I did not set a time limit. And so no 48 hours. It's I'm going to just go until I finish. And, you know, like that. See what happens. Yeah, it's going to be this. This is going to be what's going to make it happen. <laughs> How long it's going to take. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't even remember when the wheels really came. I mean, it, it was a real shit show that year. Um, and when I had, it was just blisters and just all the normal stuff. But I also, I kept having trouble getting my mind straight. Um, and then you know, when you start to get whatever, when your body starts to go awry, right, which is going to happen, whether it's muscles cramping, blisters, you name it, you know, nausea, it's, um, it gets really hard to, to get past that when your mind's not strong. Um, so it just started taking me forever to get around the park. And you start to focus on what's wrong instead of how to get it right. You know, so I'm like, how can I, pop? I can't go anymore. My leg hurts too much. Yep. Right. It was cramping up and on the, the last, so I, I didn't finish right again. Um, I, we made it, uh, it was about 176 miles. So we got partway around on the last loop and then I'm like, I need to go. Uh, I sat in a cooler to try to get everything uh, to see if I could get the, the muscle soreness yep. to go away. Whatever. Nothing I tried worked and we ended up, pulling the plug, but it took, you know, the last couple miles, I mean, it was taking me, you know, two hours to go a mile. You know, I'd walk a hundred yards and then lay down. And that's, I just kept laying down on the side of the road in the park. You're not going to get back up after that. You know, at some point you knew it wasn't going to happen, right? Yep. Well, Tony and I talked to each other and they talk about this in the, and it's in the film. And, um, you know, at some point you just got to just say, all right, We'll just have to come back and try again. This is not the year. You know? And now your your wife is your coach, pretty much. She she for these events, she has the ability to say you're done. Right? She's my, yeah, she's she's my crew chief, right? So she's she's in charge of everything that revolves around you know getting me through this safely um, and managing our crew. You know, there's always people out there with me, yep. and sometimes it might only be one or two people. Um, but there's always somebody who knows what I need and what I want. And they have my nutrition and my fluid and, uh, and communication, you know, with sort of base camp. Yep. And yeah, so Tani's responsible for, for all of that. And, and you can see that too, like you said in the film, like that, she's, it's a serious jig, gig. You know I, what I mean? I, it, it, I feel like the film's more about her than it is about her. <laughs> so, so I'm interviewing the wrong person on the podcast, right, is what you're you essentially see, saying. You see all the shit going on that she's dealing with, you know. I would not want her job in, in the least bit of that. So yeah. so that was year two. You made it to 176 and just, and just pulled the plug, but you still yeah. decided to go again. Still, you know, we raised that year. Um, what did we raise that year? 200 and... Oh, my God. 10 or 15,000, I think it was something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like, so again, it's, it's, I I was very proud of all that, right. Everything we had done, but I still am like, I just, I couldn't get over the fact that I hadn't completed what I 
set out to do. You know, when you tell a lot of people you're going to do this, you know, and I expect to do it. And of course, everyone tells me I'm crazy. They're like, Eric, nobody gives a shit <laughs> whether you make it or not. You're good. You're good. Just stop. It's not about that. Yeah, they, yep. a lot of people want. One guy donated ten grand. Um, I think it was the second year, to the first or second year to get me to stop. <laughs> he did. I didn't stop. A complete stranger, though. Complete yeah. stranger. A complete. I, mean, stranger. I knew him because he had come out to support me, but that's oh, okay. Good him. Yeah, yeah. That, that's. Yeah. So, uh, we, there was a third year I took, I took 2015 off, not from okay. I went and ran bad water again. Um, and it was interesting when I did bad water, our fundraising fell off, um, by about 30%, maybe 35%. Still a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, it was still like 150 grand, but that's the difference, right? When you're running somewhere where no one can be, as opposed to doing an event where everybody is and where the money is and they can touch it and feel it, it has a much bigger impact. So were you getting a lot of like walk-up donations while that was going on? Not as, no, not as many as you would think, but it's okay. not, I don't think it's about that. It's about the people that are donating year in and year out when they can come out and be a part of it. Yes. Right? A lot yeah. of times somebody donates and then when they come out and run and then they see what I'm going through, they write another check. Yeah, very much. Like, oh, that wasn't enough. You know, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. So, 2016, and that's that's when the the uh, Tribeca Film and Resident Pictures crews came out and um, to document this. And uh, it was the same thing as the second year. 200 miles was the goal. Uh, this year we were trying to raise 250 thousand dollars, and um, I mean, oh, so through all these years, right, I had, um, uh, obviously, there's physical things that come up. So I had surgery on my foot. I had hernia surgery. And then 10 months before the 2016 run, uh, I had labrum repair on my hip. Oh, my gosh. Um, so soft tissue repair is is a tough one to, you know, come back from. And, um, so what I was talking about before about when you asked about mental, you know, versus physical. So here I am 10 months out. Everyone's like, are you going to cancel the event? They said, well, I'm going to wait and see, let's see what happens. So, you know, the day after the surgery, I'm on a bike and with doctor's permission, you know, yeah. just, just a couple minutes, just trying to, I can't barely get my leg around. Like I had to put the seat up so high, you know, so, so that, it wouldn't move. So I, yeah, I couldn't get the compression in my hip. Yep. And um, so I went from that to, um, and I was supposed to, as a training run, to, I was laughing when I say this shit, but um, I was supposed to do uh, the Lake Placid uh, Ironman uh, okay. in July. And <clears throat> I hadn't even started training. Okay. When June hit because so everything was still, I was just rehabbing yeah. and very little stuff, like a little bit of running, biking, you know, some endurance stuff like classes, but no real running. And I'm like, all right, obviously I can't do the Ironman, but I now only had like two and a half months or three months to train to run, to run 200 miles. Yeah. And so what I, I never ran more than 50 miles in a week. Um, my longest run was like 20 miles, maybe 20, 20, nah, was there a longer one? I might have, I don't believe you. It's okay. I might have had a 125 or 130, but I can't remember. No back to backs. I wasn't, I was just trying to, I just wanted to get used to running, you know, for a few hours. And I'm like, I'm just going to focus after that. It's just all mental. Cause no matter how much training I had done, I knew that I was going to be in so much pain when it came time for the, no matter what. It was coming. You knew it was coming. It was coming. And, uh, you know, the only difference uh, when I look back is it, it came a lot sooner. <laughs> when, the, when, when do you think it came then? Uh, now that you said that uh, before. Real, the real pain yeah. was the first night. I mean, oh, <laughs> I was already, you know, but that year we had, so I think there were a couple of things. One, um, not training as much as hard and beating myself up. 
Yep. I really felt good going in. And I was mentally confident, even though my body, who knew what was going to happen. Um, but I think I was fresh. So that was good. Um, and the other thing that we did is usually the years prior, I would always, um, I wouldn't take a break until I was like, I would have like a four hour loop, you know, which six miles in four hours, you know, or three and a half hours. And that's when I would take a break. I'm like, all right, now it's time. And this year we decided to do proactive uh, 20 minute naps. Okay. And it just. That's it. I got you through. Yeah. I think you need a nap now, whatever. So the first time I went to take a nap, I couldn't fall asleep. So she's like, all right, never mind. Get up and go. (laughs) And so there was no nap there, but I ended up taking five 20 minute naps, um, somewhat scheduled. And, you know, I never had a loop that was, you know, much over uh, two hours. So most of them were under that, but then you have, I would always stop when I got back to just hydrate and sometimes just sit down for a minute, you know, sometimes to sit down and just feel no pain for a few minutes. <laughs> it's always nice. Getting, getting back up had to be the worst. That's the only thing I'm thinking about in my head is like yeah. actually getting out of that nap and going back to running. Yep. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so just to the end of that, we finished, took uh, just under 60 hours and uh, I was so pumped. <laughs> and um and we raised three hundred twenty thousand dollars that year that is amazing you can see too in the documentary the flooding of emotions and, and they build up the, the, the documentary the film crew does a really good job of building up to that and you know it's going to happen and and you can see everyone everyone on your team was excited you know that you were able to do it so that's it's crazy and i think the crazier thing is something you told me a few weeks ago when we were on the phone is since then how much have you run oh uh, I mean, I don't want to say I haven't run at all. You know, <laughs> a year after that, I, I ran New York City again. That was a total, it was so brutal. It was so brutal. It took over Those 26.2 miles or so. It was so brutal. I was so out of shape and not trained. And um, I did a half marathon last year, but just like went out and ran them. You know, I wasn't like training for them. Like I yeah. still keep in shape, but I haven't really run. Um, it started because of injuries, um, you know, again, as you can imagine. So I now I've got herniated discs, three in my neck, three in my back, oh, and yeah. it seems to really get um, ramp up when I run too much. So I, yeah, you know, I never say never, but I think those days are probably gone for me. So I, found I, I think you've done enough, though. I think you've done enough when it comes to running. Like, I think you qualify as being like on, on, on a different level. You don't have to do it anymore. If that's what well, I'm we still have an event. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, You're uh, still going to have another event that I hear? Yeah. yeah but I, so you, uh, I don't know if we talked about this. So I don't think we did. This is a surprise to me. So, yeah, so a year after. Um, so in 2017, the documentary 200 Miles came out. And I highly recommend everyone on, go on Prime and watch it. You all have plenty of time. I know that Tiger. Exactly. It's only 50 minutes. Too, so. <laughs> Tiger King is amazing. You can stop between episode three and four and go watch 200 Miles. Uh, Carol Baskin is not in that documentary, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the year after that, um, we decided to start an event for other people to run. Okay. And... You know, we wanted to keep this thing that we had built going, but it wasn't something that I could keep doing. Number one, no reason to run in the park again because we did that. So when I started to think about it, I'm like, that just means I got to get bigger. I got to do longer. What's that going to look like? You know, next thing you know, I'm going to be running across the country and I can't. That's just not a good idea. Um, So we came up with uh, the idea of a 12 hour. Um, endurance run uh, and relay, uh, which we got permitted for on Randall's Island. Okay. Um, so we've done it two years now. We did it in 2018, 2019. It's the first Saturday in October. Okay. Um, and the first two years, it was uh, strictly a 12-hour race. You could run it solo or you could run it with a relay team of up to 10 people. Okay. Um, it's a beautiful course, really, uh, four miles out and back, all in the water. Um, our our um, start-finish area is uh, right between the golf center and Icon Stadium. Uh, 
That's where my uh, go ruck started. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> it was not beautiful. I was going to say that I'm sure there was nothing beautiful about what they did to you. <laughs> that night. Oh, you there? Oh, no. There was nothing beautiful in the welcome party of the go ruck challenge on sure. Randall's Island at 10 o'clock. <laughs> uh, so it, it's been a great event the last two years. Um, you know, we raised almost half a million dollars in those two years. So still, you know, keeping it going pretty good. But, um, you know, we really wanted to try to broaden the uh, attractiveness of the event. Yeah. I think when you talk about running for 12 hours, even if it's a relay and you're not running the whole time, it's hard for some people to, number one, to spend a whole day out there is a big commitment. You know, people have, kids have sports and, you know, yeah. stuff. Busy people. It's a lot. Um, so we, what we did this, this year, we're still going to have the, the 12 hour event, but we've added two other events to it. So it's going to be, we have a half marathon distance and we have a marathon distance. Uh, and also our course will be certified. Uh, so it'll be a Boston qualifier for the marathon. Oh, that's a good place to qualify. It's nice and flat there. It's flat and it's a loop. It's really easy to like manage yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're out there, a really fast course, um, you know, chip timing, all that stuff. Uh, so we're really, really excited this year. It's October 3rd this year. Um, it's, uh, we changed the name slightly. It's now called the Journey Race Series. Um, and it's October 3rd on Randall's Island. Uh, you can go to the uh, MMRF. Uh, events website uh, to find the link. Our website's not up yet, so I'll have to give you that info once it's redone. Oh, for sure, yeah. We'll have it. We'll have it all in the show notes for sure. Maybe, maybe I'll have to talk to Amy. Maybe we can get a team together. I may, I may know a few people who like to run. Now. Well, I, I, it would be great to uh, to get like some, you know, fire department guys out there. Maybe we had a guy. You know, Tim Clark. No, he's a he's a, a New York uh, firefighter. And uh, he came out and ran on uh, Amy's team one year. He's like, like he, he wins all of the, like, I think he won the fire department. Police oh, department. like the challenge one? Yeah. yeah. The marathon and stuff. Super fast. But it'd be great. Maybe we get a, a Jersey team and a, a New York team. Yeah, we could do something. I, I know some, I may know some people, let's say. I don't know. I got to find, if you, if you got the guy who's winning every year for the FDNY, though, I, re, I really got to find a ringer. To bring yeah, you got to get one ringer this year. Yeah, like I, I can't let that happen if I bring a team. So we'll have to, we'll have to see. But it's awesome because basically you've kind of like reinvented yourself. I don't want to say reinvented yourself, but you know, you're continuing the mission and you're doing it in different ways. And that's what we started talking about before this even started or we started recording was just with what's going on right now with COVID-19 and everybody kind of having to, to reinvent themselves. And I think it's a big thing for the size up, you know, where people think, you know, well, you're, you're the running guy. You're always going to run, but you're not. You're doing all these other things because if you always ran, if you always ran in Central Park, eventually no one's going to care anymore. Yeah. Right? And that's a big part of looking at what you're doing and, and you did all these amazing things, but you still want to do more. Yep. And I, I think look, that's, First of all, my commitment to this, um, you know, fight is unwavering. So, you know, I have a lot of friends um, that still have the disease and are fighting. And, you know, we've lost quite a few friends. We've lost a couple this year. Um, you know, it's, it's really an unfortunate thing. But, you know, for all the people that are still here, you know, we just want to keep fighting for them. Um, but, you know, about sort of changing and, and you know, sort of sidestepping when you run into these obstacles, right? You have to, you have to be willing and able to change just to continue sometimes, you know? Yes. And for me, the running was, it was just getting, and I didn't even really see it clearly. I see it a lot more clearly now. At the time I was very frustrated for a couple of years. I mean, I really, even if it wasn't to run an event, all I wanted to do was just, I wanted to get back to running. So after a couple of years, I, you know, finally was able to, uh, first of all, the event on Randall's Island became my passion. So I was able to get over the, what am I doing now? I'm not running. And that's, that's well, what I'm do. doing. Right. Yep. And believe me, that's a full-time job. <laughs> full-time job. I mean, we meet the, the week after that event is over, we are on a phone call. What do we do wrong? What do we do right? And, you know, trying that's to make it better. What got me into this whole 
I don't want to, got me into running for sure was, was being part of a 5k committee, um, for a firefighter that got killed in, in my department. Um, his daughter started a 5k. Okay. And we did that for 10 years. And look, it was like the little local 5k, right? Like that, that's what it was, but it was work, you know, every month there was something new to come up for the local 5k. So I can only imagine with what you have going on, what that is, but it's good work and it's fulfilling work. You know, like that, that taught me so much about giving back so much more than I, I thought I knew a lot about it before, but, but something like that did. And as things got bigger, you know, jumping into five, 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 I mean, the bigger we get, the more work it is. And I'm really fortunate. I know you have a great team with you and I have a great team with me doing it. You know, you can't do it by yourself because it is a full-time job and you're not getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Like there are people that are, but I know I'm not. I have to say, I, I feel, um, and it's not financial payment, but, you know, we get paid. Yep, for sure. You know, it's very, very rewarding. And, you know, I'm sure same for you, right? When somebody comes up and shakes your hand or gives you a hug and says, thank you. Unbelievable. All right, I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm in. I say, when we, we, my wife always, everybody on the team says, my wife sees it for sure. When, when we travel for 555, whether it be to a, a convention or to go give equipment away, when you come back, you're so like, I'm, I can break through walls with, with just run through them. You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. It's those thank yous that do it. Um, and my hope is now with everything that's going on, people start to see that, you know, that we're going back to simpler times. You know, I don't know. I live in a really small town here in Jersey and there have been more people, my poor dog staring at the door is like, where are all these people coming from in our little cul-de-sac? Why are they outside? She can't figure it out. Um, and when I'm outside with the boys, I say hi to them and they say hi to me, you know, like it's, it's just that good feeling. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe what's happening right now. And it's just very, very strange. And, uh, you know, I know we're all trying to make the best of it and help each other through it. And, you know, we started, um, after it was probably the first week and we were already starting to get a little nutty. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I got you, man. I got you. I can't believe, like, I gotta just sit around doing nothing all day again. And then we're like, all right, let's let's start putting together like a plan, right? What are we gonna do every day? And not like this rigorous schedule yeah. of things, but every day we want to work out. Every day we want to FaceTime with at least one friend, right? We're gonna call our family. And um, we're going to go outside and we're going to eat, you know, but right. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. It's a big deal. I got you. And then, you know, four o'clock is happy hour. <laughs> right? So, you know, just by committing to our, oh, and, and one project every day, one house project every day. Yep. So that's what we do. Every day we get up and whatever. Sometimes Tani's in this room that I'm sitting in now doing, you know, a class on Zoom uh, through some of the, you know, people she does either yoga with or some yeah. other. Class. The resources out there right now are amazing. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. There's some people that are out there doing it for free. Yep. You know, some are just like trying to pay their bills and they're like, look, just give me 10 bucks, you know, whatever it is. Um, but ton, tons and tons of, of options to help motivate you to get, you know, through a workout. Excuse me. Um, you know, so working out, going outside, being social, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's huge. And then obviously there's work during the week, but that's, that's not so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I consider, in a way, we, we talked, I worked the other night and we talked about this, the firehouse, you know, we, we have a little backyard area. So we're all socially distanced away, except for the picture. Uh, and where my firehouse is, isn't, isn't a bad neighborhood, but it's not the best neighborhood. So our neighbors were, were blasting some loud music and it was pretty good. Some good, good late nineties rap music is always a good thing. But we were saying how, you know, we're, we're sort of fortunate, you know, yeah, we're on the front lines of this thing, I guess. And we're, we're out there dealing with it, but you get to see each other. You know, we get to come to work and still and still do this, you know, think in another two weeks, you know, you, you'll be out of the office for four or five weeks by that point. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you have to do these things to keep yourself moving. You know, it's very easy now to stop. Um, and I think 
it's a big deal. And, and you were doing stuff on your social media prior to all this. So no one, anyone that's going to follow you after this, don't think what Eric's doing is, is brand new. He's been putting his workouts out there and what he's doing in his garage gym way more religious than I do. I can tell you that much at least. Um, but it, it's been awesome. But now you see so many people doing that. You know, there's almost no excuse right now to not be doing yoga or fitness body. I mean, professional trainers, you know, I think, Jill, I know Jillian Michaels is doing all kinds of free stuff that I've seen. Um, yeah. I think the guy who invented, uh, what's is it? Horton, the guy who did Tony Horton and um, trying to, you know, Peloton's offering their app for free for three months, but you gotta leave a, you gotta leave a credit card with them. <laughs> and you got, you got to get the Peloton canceled probably. Yeah, it's amazing to watch everyone step up. And I think that's the silver lining to all this. You know, as much badness is going on, as much strangeness, as much I don't know, I can still go find something. You know, I can watch a Dave Matthews band, or not Dave Matthews band, but Dave Matthews on uh, whatever night, Thursday night was playing his guitar. And uh, Did you watch that? No, I forgot. (laughs) It was really good. At one point, he had to change guitars, and he's like... Normally, my friend Walt does this for me. He's mm. like, I, I have to do it for myself right now. Like, <laughs> this is weird. Um, but you see these things, and, and that's kind of something that, that you did with the run even prior to all this. You know, you gave a lot of people hope. You know, you gave a lot of people strength. People you don't even know you were helping. You know, the money you raised went to things to, to help them. And it's one of those things that if we get more people like you in society through this, then we're going to come out better. There's a lot of people out there now that are, you know, trying to do their part. And, you know, even if that part is just staying in your house. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge part of it right now. Right. Like, and, and I think, I guess we're on, I, don't even, I can't even, the date, I know it's Sunday right now, but like, you know, how long this has been going on or whatever, but I think most people are getting it now. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what you can yeah. do to do your part, you know, go and grab food and come back home. Yep. You know, don't, don't, and we're where we are with New York and New Jersey, you know, we're, we're right now in the epicenter, um, but it's spreading, you know what I mean? And, and there's no amount of laws that are going to stop people from other states transferring it. That, that's already happened. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, and I don't know when the, you know, real peak will be, but hopefully we're not far from that. And, you know, the good news is when you look at, I guess, China in particular, um, you know, there is an end. Right. We will come out of this and um, it's just going to take some time. And look, I, you know what? I, and I keep saying this too, to, to a lot of my friends and family, you know, I feel just extremely fortunate. You know, I, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling in a really, really big way. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to pay rent or how they're going to feed their kids or, you know, whatever, just, you know, they're not making any money and they got nothing in the bank. So, you know, there are <clears throat> people out there. I know my buddy, um, Tommy, who he owns a couple of restaurants here in, uh, in Mount Kisco and, you know, they're taking donations. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll actually, I'll give you the, um, the link later for the show notes. I forget the name of the organization that he teamed up with, but so he is, uh, sending free meals, to those who can't afford, number one, in the town in Mount Kisco, uh, right near us, and also to, um, you know, all those on the front line from first responders to uh, the uh, uh, Northern Westchester Hospital. I know I saw him, he was over there today, dropping off, I don't even know, it looked like 100 meals. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so. And I think that's another big thing too, where, you know, what, what you did was a local event, but it was on a national level. Um, where now we're seeing this local to local thing. You know, we have the same thing where I work, the city I work in, we have a a level one trauma center. We have another hospital in our city. Um, We have a huge, uh, I don't want to say huge, but we have a lot of restaurants, let's say, because we have Rutgers University there, you know, and and we're seeing all of this local taking care of local. Um, I know we have a, a great steakhouse. It's called Steakhouse 85. And I just saw that they're doing a Tuesday dinner for all, uh, food industry workers. Oh, nice. So, you know, anyone who's not at work right now, or even if they are still at work, because a lot of the businesses are, they're going to do something just for them that night. Um, you know, we had somebody drop off, we had 50 falafels dropped off at my firehouse the other day from our local falafel shop, you know? Um, 
and we're trying to do the same. We're trying to order out, you know, like we, we order out on the weekends here at home and at work. We've been, uh, I, I think the guys are ordering out again Tuesday night. I'm off, I'm on a vacation day this week, but we're trying to do that just to help these folks out. And I think if we can do that, if everybody can focus local, that's going to be a big deal to get us through. Um, and it's just like that. And just like you're doing, you know, what you're putting out on your, on your Instagram, those workouts and things like, what's the pot workout? I didn't watch it all, but I saw the pot and I kind of stopped and Obviously, there was a little play on words. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I saw that, and I'm like, this could be interesting. So what I've been trying to do is, like, I'm, it's been quite a while, probably for the last, I don't know, couple of years, I think, on a pretty regular basis. I try to just put the workouts that I do every morning. Because, you know, typically, when things are normal, you know, I'm up at, like, 4, 4.30 in the morning. So by the time I'm done with my workout, I can have my post out there for people that are maybe just getting up yep. and you know the point isn't to brag about what i'm doing it's just to say hey you can do something right here's what i did and you know people have told me over the years when i first started doing it like i love seeing your workouts it makes me want to get off my ass and do something yep. right so you never know who you're going to inspire that's, all i need is one person to tell me that and that's <laughs> so now i haven't stopped right <laughs> shocking um, I, I would have never guessed that from you I at know. all ever <laughs> So when, when this all started happening and everyone's stuck at home, you know, I had some people reach out and say, you know, what can I do at home? Like, I can't get to the gym. So I, I, how do I work out at home? So i like, oh, I'm going to start posting either, you know, different movements and exercises that you can do with no equipment. Yep. Um, and then try to, and so sort of build, here's a repertoire of different exercises. And now you can start piecing those together into workouts. So this morning when I said the pot workout, um, basically what it was is I, I did, it was four exercises. So I took uh, one of our pots, right? So instead of having- Cooking like, pot, a cooking pot. Cooking pot yes, <laughs> cooking pot. Um, instead of having like a BOSU ball, you know, or a step that you would do like side lunges over, okay. like you can use the pot. So you put your foot, right? You can do toe taps on the pot. Yeah. You can do side lunges over the pot. And then I said, and then we threw in like push-ups and uh, air squats. Like just yeah. do sets of those and keep going. And I mean, that's a workout. Do that for 30 minutes. That's not going to be fun. I can, I've done workouts just like that. Not with a pot, but you know, <laughs> but if you don't have anything, if you're stuck in an apartment, there you go. You have something, you know, I've never, never thought about using a pot before. That's a good one. Yeah, it's been, uh, what else did I use? I used the pot for something else the other day. I can't remember. Um, but I used to, like, you can use a basketball, yep. right? If, if you don't have a medicine ball. So you use that for different kinds of push-ups and balancing, you know, and, and I try to show people like good alternatives to all these exercises. So if you're, if you don't work out all the time or you never have, you know, I try to show modifications for the movements where it's possible. Um, you know, to, so anybody can do it. And that's a huge thing with, we, it's scaling, you know, you're scaling an exercise, you're scaling reps to make it so anyone can do that. And people yeah. don't always think that, you know, they don't always think that, you know, oh, I can't do push-ups, So do them from your knees. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with a good push-up from your knee and it could actually be as taxing. If you can't get down on the floor, do it against the wall. Yeah, there you go. That's your first scale for a push-up is against the wall. You know what I mean? Uh, to the table, and then you work to the chair, and then you work to your knees. and That's it. And no. you could be doing it. So when you're at home right now, you could be doing these things. You know, you see so many people out running and walking. Um, at least I know where I am. That's awesome, yeah. And now that the weather is breaking, you know, I keep thinking, I'm like, God, imagine if this was December, like on the East Coast, and it's just generally depressing. <laughs> it would be... It's getting lighter out longer, at least, you know. Yep, you can get out at night now. You know, we, we kind of had a rainy weekend, but whatever, we'll survive. Yep. But um, I think that's awesome what you're putting out there, um, for sure. Thank you. And, you know, as, as we got to kind of start to wrap up now, because we're getting to that hour mark of things, um, okay. where, you know, you're, you're, I don't know if you're more famous than Amy Freeze, because you have a documentary. Amy Freeze does not have a documentary out on her. So you may be the most famous guest. It's only Wasn't she in a movie? She was in the movie, but for like a hot second, like, and, and the movie was, was, was a, I don't know, that was like a real movie. It wasn't a Netflix movie, right? It was right. in the movies, I think. Yeah, but, so, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but. 
I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to, I don't know. The judge will be out. If you're listening to this, who's more famous, Amy Freeze or Eric Gelber and his 200 mile documentary, which you can catch on Prime. Where else can everybody find you aside from Prime? Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really tweet. So. I don't understand Twitter. Um, it's okay. it's called, uh, at just a mile to go. So just a mile to go on Instagram and um, Facebook. I try to, you know, post whatever workouts, some, you know, hopefully motivating thoughts. And, um, you know, that's all. Always available in the chat, you know. If they want to donate, because you can still donate to Eric's, the foundation that he, he runs for and does all these things, how do they do that? Uh, so if you go to my Instagram page and go in my bio, there's a link in, there's a link in there. Um, we're a little behind for obvious reasons right now. So once our website is up, I'll get that to you. Hopefully that'll be soon. And, and of course, obviously, as we, we've talked about, you know, with everything going on right now, even though we both do kind of work for not-for-profits, you know, keep it local now. You know, I think that that's definitely a, a big thing. Um, you know, there's still problems, you know, there's still going to be people uh, that the, the multiple myeloma research foundation is going to be helping because they're still going to be going through problems. But now one of the best things you can do too is, is, is keep those donations local, I think. And, and, yeah, and keep in mind, you know, all these um, charities like the, the MMRF, they have been canceling events left and right. So, you know, the MMRF has this 5K program where they, they have 5Ks all over the country. So that almost every weekend, you know, there's a 5K where, you know, they may, might raise, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, that's not that's happening, happening. So, um, you know, any help, uh, I mean, you can go to the MMRF.org and donate directly. Um, you know, if you can't find the link on any of my pages, but, um, you know, whatever charity it is, you know, they all need, need our help right now. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah, those are, I didn't even, I didn't even think about those ramifications down the road. Yeah, you know what I mean? For, for not for profits everywhere that are doing these events every weekend and they, that count on that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're just getting crushed right now. So we got to try to help them out. And, and also for all the people. Go, go sign up for my event too. Because <laughs> that's still happening in October. Yes. Uh, I'm going to talk to Amy. That's it. We're going we're gonna to defer that to Amy Freeze. And see. Right. She, if she gets behind it, I'm definitely in. If not, you could probably convince me to just do it anyway. But it's awesome, man. Well, it was great having you here for, for a happy hour. Hopefully our first Zoom size up uh, actually works out. Hope it goes well. I really appreciate you having me and I appreciate all that you do charity wise, saving people's lives wise. <laughs> all those wise. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much for coming on guys. Thank you all for listening. Remember you can check us out on Instagram. Um, it's at the underscore size underscore up. We are now on iTunes, SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, and also don't forget to check out our, our partner podcast, uh, national fire radio and rush the bus. Um, obviously with Rush the Bus right now and with what's going on in, in the New York City area, uh, Pete and Julie um, are both paramedics that work in New York City and they are very much so on the front line. So uh, Rush the Bus is not necessarily on hold, but they're just a little busy right now and uh, we support them as much as we can. So for all you know, I may be hosting an episode of Rush the Bus coming up. Uh, bringing back my old paramedic days and such and talking about some things. But uh, we want to keep everybody out there, healthcare workers, restaurant workers, firefighters, police, military, now that our National Guard has been called up in our minds during this time and just kind of sticking with it all. So thanks for joining us and, and we'll see you soon.